So, what I've been going through and what the Lord's been dealing with me on is the gospel, right? We've been talking about that for the last few weeks. It's on my heart because it's on my heart to start reaching out. That's just what's on my heart. But we are going to take a little detour today. Um, Just with, I've had some words from people. There's been some dreams shared from people. And thinking and praying and meditating on it and just kind of the situation with what this church is going through, there is absolutely an attack happening on this church. Um, For those of you who aren't aware, our pastor passed away about two months ago. And so we're going through this transition and we're going through this change. And I just, with the words that have been given, I think... Our enemy feels like there's an opportunity here, and I don't, I'm not going to stand for it. I don't, we're not going to open that door, but there are things that we need to be watchful for. We need to be vigilant. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today, is just being vigilant in ourselves, but also within this congregation. Um, This applies to anybody. It really does. You can take what's going to be taught today and apply it to your life in many situations. But for us, there's an attack happening because I just truly believe the good that's going to come from this is, it's hard to put a quantity to. It's just so in my heart that things, this community is going to be changed because this surrounding area is going to be changed because of what this church is going to do. I just, I believe that with all my heart. I truly do. And of course the enemy doesn't want us to do that. Of course he doesn't want us to prosper. And like I said, you can take that in anything in your life. If you're going after God, if you're seeking his will and plan for your life, if you're walking out those steps with him, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. It's been a fight. Not that we're not being attacked in other ways, but I'm just talking about this church as a gen- in general. Like, it's not happening here. It's just not going to happen here. This church is going forward, and this church is going to make a difference. It truly is. That's just what's in my heart. But there was a dream shared by somebody, and in that dream, they were in this sanctuary, and there was... Figures, one in the back, one in the middle, and then one right in their face, and they were dark, and they were imposing and intimidating. And, and, that's, the, and that's what came up, up in my spirit was intimidation. There's some sort of intimidation trying to happen here as far as you're not ready for this. I don't think you, that what's going to happen is what you think is going to happen, baloney, to say the nice words. I was a Marine, so there's other things inside there, but I still am a Marine. Hoorah. I like that. But who are we? Right? We're going through the gospel. We're going through who what Jesus did for us, what's available to us. We just went through last week the Holy Spirit and how he searches the depths of God. 
to reveal things to us, to give us understanding and to give us knowledge. Who are we? Are we intimidated by our enemy or are we overcomers? Because our God conquered death and the grave, right? So we have to keep this in mind as we're going through this time in this church, but also as we're just going through life. We have authority. We have power. It's just whether or not we're utilizing it. It's whether or not we truly believe that it's available to us. The gospel can be just a real great story. The Bible can have a lot of really just nice stories, a lot of good lessons. You know, we can learn some things. It can help us to live as good people. But that is not the point. The word is alive and the word is active and we are active participants in relationship with almighty God. Or we can be if we choose to. And so where is our focus in all of this? And I I don't doubt that there's hurts in each and every person. I don't doubt that there's questions in each and every person, whether you're a part of this church or whether you're just going in light, going through life in general. Things happen. Stuff happens. We were not guaranteed an easy ride through this life. But we were given power. We were given authority. We were given peace. We were given all these things so we can walk this life out in victory. It may not always seem like it, but in our spirit, you know, our flesh can be fighting against us. Our flesh can be fighting against our spirit, against the word. But what do we do? Do we fall into the things of the flesh? Or do we dig in and say, no, what do you have, Holy Spirit? What are you telling me? What are you speaking to me? What, what is it that I need to do? What is it Sometimes you just need to stop, rest, listen. It's not always this go, 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 go. There's moments for that, absolutely. But sometimes you just need to take the time to let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Because that's what can build us up. That's what can keep us going step by step by step by step. Right? Stagnant doesn't lead to anything productive. And I truly believe that there is something worth fighting for here. This congregation, this church, this area is worth fighting for. Take that wherever you're from, right? People are worth fighting for. And that stings some people because we don't always like people. People can hurt us. People can annoy us. People can do terrible things. They truly can. But what's the point if it's not for people? What's the point if it's just me locked in my little room? I'm safe. I'm good. I'm protected. Nothing out there can harm me. That's not the point here. So if you want to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, truly hope that you see my heart in all this. I want this to be encouraging. I want, but I want to bring some revelation as to what 
is going on, right? We need to be vigilant. We need to be paying attention. We need to watch our heart towards people, right? Because every day we deal with people. Every Sunday, every Wednesday night, eventually, once we get back there, we're dealing with people. We're dealing with them on the phone, on our computers, face-to-face. We're dealing with people. And God, thank God, his heart is for people. So first, per, <clears throat> first Peter chapter 5. So Peter, this is, he's writing to the churches that have been dispersed through persecution. He's encouraging. He's lifting them up. He's giving them instruction. So the first few verses here are, he's giving instruction to elders, you know, lead by example. You know, go into it with a willing heart, not forced to be doing what you're doing. But if we get down to verse 5 is, like I, is where I'd like to start. 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, here we go, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I like definitions, so we're going to get some definitions. Humility. I mean, and Webster's put it really good for me. Freedom from pride and arrogance. Humility. Looking at somebody and saying, you know what? You have needs just like I have needs. Let's help each other out, right? Not being judgmental. Not, not saying, you know what? You annoy me, so you're out. You know what? Because the more time you spend with people, the better you get to know them. There's just some things that are going to rub you the wrong way. I guarantee there's things I do that rub somebody here the wrong way. I just guarantee it. And that's okay. I still love you. But that's life, right? Even Jesus, how long do I have to be with you? Right? People just weren't getting it. But he still loved them, right? His heart was still towards them. His heart was still towards watching them grow, watching the disciples grow. I can't imagine the joy he felt watching these guys come from nothing and growing in him. Yes, of course, there's ups and downs, but there's love there. Humility, freedom from pride and arrogance towards one another is the key to walking in God's grace, right? God opposes the proud. And funny thing is, pride was one of the warnings we got here. Because pride cuts you off just from the things of God. It truly does. Whether it's, I, I can do it. I can do it. Whether it's, I can't do anything. There's different aspects of pride. Pride isn't just always me thinking that I'm better than everybody else. Pride can also be, I'm worthless and I can't measure up to anything. There's two different ends of the spectrum there. I can't be effective. Or, I can't be effective here, or yada, yada, yada. It's what's, what is God calling you to do? What's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? Whether it's here, whether it's in your job, whether it's in the community, whether it's not here. If God hasn't called you to be here and you don't, you're being drawn somewhere else, by all means, go. I would never keep somebody here who's who feels like they're being called to do something else. That's not the point. 
Because where you're called is where the blessing is. I pray that every person here has prayed about, is this where you're supposed to be? Because if this is where you're supposed to be, then we can, then we can run. We can be effective. We can come together in unity because we'll have, we'll have that like spirit. Yep, I'm supposed to be here. Yep, let's do what we got to do. All right? So pride. Pride just squashes those things, that humility, that grace that God has for each and every one of us. It says, humble yourselves in verse 6, therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And I'm preaching to myself, you know, you know my past of, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. But I love verses like this. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you because I could never get out of out of it by myself. As much as I tried, as much as I wanted to, it wasn't working. It only works with God. I'm telling you, we have to get past this independence thing. I can do it. I'm an independent man. I'm an independent woman. No, we need to be dependent on Almighty God and what he has available to us. Because in that... We see what we're supposed to be doing. We know where we're supposed to be going. We're walking down that path of blessing and abundance. It's so important to just look to God in any and all things. I don't care if it's just the most menial thing. You can go to God about it. You can talk to the Holy Spirit about it. He cares. If it's something that could potentially cause anxiety in your life, go to God. Stop carrying it around. Excuse me. I just can't get over last week. He searches, the Holy Spirit searches the depths. What are the depths of God? It's limitless. He's the creator of all, like, we can't even begin to imagine the depths of God. <laughs> it's just amazing to me. Yet, his spirit lives inside of us. It searches all things. So what do you need? What do we need right now? What do you need right now? What, what kind of healing do you need in your heart right now? What walls need to be kicked down right now? And we have to be honest with yourself, because if you say, "Ah, I'm fine, you're never going to get past it, you're never going to get over it, and you're just going to keep building. And before too long, you're just stuck. Before too long, you become numb. And those anxieties, those worries of what's going to happen, what's to come. I can certainly walk in them right now. There's a million things that need to be done. And I don't have time for much of it. Like That's what I feel like, right? There's so many things that need to be done. How do I do it? 
what? Who do I talk to? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm just like, oh, my God. Why did I do this? Why did I agree to this? What am I doing here? Is this really where I'm supposed to be? You can go down these roads, right? No, no. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. I mean, that verse has been pivotal in my life. Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer, thanksgiving, supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Amen. I don't have to walk this life out. We don't have to walk this life out. Regardless of what happened, regardless of the things that are hanging in the air and the questions that are still there, we don't have to walk in anxiety over it. We can just simply walk in relationship with him. Simply walk in relationship with our God who supplies all that we need. And man, walk in a peace. Walk in a peace that I don't even have to understand, but I still get it. That's the goodness of God. I don't even have to understand how it's happening, why it's happening, but it's still being given to me. And I'm still walking in it. Why doesn't that bother you? I don't Just God. That's why it doesn't bother me. God. Why isn't that making you upset? How can you be handling this so well? Because of God. I don't know what else to tell you. Because in myself, I'm a wreck. Because I know myself. I know where I came from. I know what set me off, and I know how quickly I would nosedive. Just, uh, I don't don't even like to think about those days, because they're not good. But thank God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his love. Thank God... That he came and died. Yeah, we can fit the gospel in here. Why not? I mean, if it's Jesus, it's the gospel. It's good news. It's good news. Right? We can walk this life out in good news. Regardless of what's going on in the world right now. Man, you watch too much news and it's going to get rough. Read too many headlines and it's going to get rough. How about just diving into what God has for you? Diving into his promises. Diving into this new covenant that we have. Where we can go boldly before the throne of God. For anything. For anything. So verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded and be watchful. So in the terms of being vigilant, anxiety will will never help that. Because when I'm anxious and I'm just looking at myself, how could I possibly pay attention to what's actually going on, especially spiritually? Right? If I'm constantly thinking, dragging myself down, constantly, there's nothing wrong with questions, but who are you going to for the answers? God doesn't mind tough questions. He's capable. Very, very capable. 
But who are we going to? Am I going to myself for my answers? I can figure this out. I can do this. Yes, he can use people. Yes, he uses the word. Yes, the Holy Spirit's speaking. But what are we seeking? Are we seeking truth or are we just seeking opportunities to blame? Why isn't this happening in my life? I've done this and I've done this and I've, because it has nothing to do with that. It has solely to do with just recognizing who he is and letting him minister to your life. The works thing has been done away with. That's over. It's over. Guess what? Works are going to come through relationship and they'll be meaningful works. Because anything I did on my own was not meaningful. Did not have an impact. I mean, it had the opposite impact. I just was, I was messed up. I was messed up. I talked people out of Christ. I talked people out of Christianity, and I hate to admit it. I agreed with people when they railed on God. I did. Because it's not working in my life. If you truly loved me, if this, if that. You know, and in, in hard times, that stuff can creep in. It's a hard thing what this church is going through. I know of no other church or no other pastor, no other congregation that's gone through this. Not that it hasn't happened, but I don't know them. Right? This is a hard thing. And in those hard times, who do we look to? This can be any aspect of life. But in these hard times, who do we go to? Lord, I don't understand, but you do. Help. Lord, why did you let this happen? Why this? Why that? Like, what is our heart attitude towards God? And it's amazing how difficult situations will bring to the surface what's in our heart. It truly does. Whether good or bad. And it's a hard thing sometimes because I would like to think I have all the good things in there and when things get tough, that's what's going to come to the surface. I'll be able to minister. I'll be able to draw on the word. I'll be able to draw on the Holy Spirit. But if I'm not filling myself with it, right? If I'm not acting in relationship and cooperation with him, what's, what's really there? I... As far as I have been removed from my past life and my struggles, it's still there. Now, every day, I, f- I feel like I'm stepping further and further and further away from it. Thank God. But the enemy has a really good idea of what sets me off. He has a really good idea because we had a relationship for many years. I just did. Instead of a relationship with God and growth, I had a relationship with my enemy. And it led to death, right? It led to death. I didn't physically die, but I was dying. 
My spirit was dying. My soul was dying. My head was dying because I just could not see light. You spend enough time with the enemy and darkness just envelops you. It just does. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's not afraid of darkness. Because it was the Holy Spirit who drew me out. But, back to 1 Peter, be sober-minded and be watchful. Be vigilant, the King James says. Sober-minded. What's sober? Uh, Yes, it's abstaining from alcohol and all that kind of stuff. But, it's being of a right mind. It's being attentive, right? Strongs, abstain from, be discreet, to be a sober watch. I like Thayer's, to be calm and collected in spirit. It's pretty good. To be calm. To recognize that there are hard things going on around us. Like, we can't deny those kind of things. Right? There are hard things happening. But is my spirit calm? Is it just receiving what God has for me? And am I applying it in that moment? It can seem and sound very simple, but emotions tend to rise up in those situations as well. And emotions have a part in our lives, of course, but they can also lead us astray. They can also really twist what's actually going on. You know, Thayer's for sober, it uses the word dispassionate. And Webster's for dispassionate, not influenced by strong feeling, not affected by personal or emotional involvement. Right? It's important. It's important to recognize what's happening, because if we deny what's happening, we're never going to be able to truly walk through it, deal with it, walk through that grief, whatever it is in your life. Yes, it happened. But am I going to let my emotions just take me on this wild ride that won't end up anywhere positive? That'll do nothing but drag me down? Or am I just going to stay sober-minded? This hurts, Lord. This hurts. Help me. Minister. I, I need ministry right now. And he's faithful. He'll do it. And so my heart is, if people are, whatever you're going through, that we just keep in mind that it's only God that's going to truly get us through. Drugs can only take you so far. Alcohol can only take you so far. Psychology can only take you so far. All these things that we tend to turn to, and then when they fail us, Well, maybe I'll try God. I've been there. Truly have. I've been there. It's hard. It's hard. But going to God should just be that natural reaction. It should just be an automatic. Lord, I don't understand what's happening. Help me. Go into the word. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. 
and let him walk you through this. Let him walk us through this. Let him walk us through this with his power. His power is limitless. You're not going to wear him out. Thank God. He's not going to be walking along with you and be like, I'm fading. Jesse, I'm fading. You got to take it from here. This is as far as I can go. No. We laugh about it. But do we believe it? Right? It seems silly, but we can put some pretty ridiculous ideas in our head of what God is capable of, what he wants. Guess what? He loves each and every one of you. Whether you want him to or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you're living your life like it or not, he loves each and every one of us, and he loves each and every person outside of this church. He loves them. With a love that's unconditional, with a love that really can't be described in our, because he is love. That's what he is. How do you quantify that? How do you break that down? Well, you go to those passages that, you know, if I can have peace that surpasses understanding, why can't I have love that surpasses understanding? Now, I want to seek his love and I want to understand his love. But just because I don't have a full revelation of it doesn't mean it can't affect my life in a positive way. Because who can truly understand the depths of God? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's about it. It's about it. And so when we leave them out of the equation, we're really handicapping ourselves as far as wisdom, knowledge, understanding, strength. You can just keep rolling down. It's a reliance on him, and that's hard for people. I'm a self-made man. I did this all on my own. I don't rely on anything or anybody. Okay. Good luck. Because the point here is growth. The point here is victory. The point here is to deal with what's happening with help from him and then take those steps. And now that can take time. I'm not saying it happens right now. I'm not saying it's instant. Sometimes it's instant. But it can be a process. Growth in God and relationship with God is is a process. It just truly is. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Just because maybe you're starting later in life doesn't mean he can't get you up to speed. Doesn't mean he won't accept you right where you're at. And then pick you up. As long as our heart is open to him, man, he can work. And it's amazing what he can do. Don't limit God. Don't limit God in your mind. Don't limit God in your heart. Don't limit God physically. He can help. He can change things. He can change things. Because why do we need to be sober-minded? Why do we need to be vigilant? Because we have an adversary, the devil, verse 8, prowls prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So we have an enemy. That's, I don't think any of us, that's just a given, right? 
We have an enemy. We have a God and we have an enemy. But when I've wrapped myself in anxiety, when I've wrapped myself in stress, when I've wrapped myself in hurt, when I've wrapped myself in misunderstanding, I make myself easy prey. Because I'm no longer receiving from God. I'm no longer receiving from the Holy Spirit. I've cut that off. And I've wrapped myself in me. And I'm a very unattractive package in myself. Our focus needs to be on him because when our focus is on him, when our focus is relationship, because what does the Holy Spirit do? He leads and he guides, right? He leads and guides. That's a couple of his qualities. He can show us things to come, right? So if I'm not walking with him, I'm missing out on quite a a few things, important things, Why do I keep falling? Why do I keep going off track? I'm trying so hard to stay on that path. Why do I keep veering? Why is this so difficult? Why can't I understand? Why, 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 why? Well, in in my life, it was I had removed myself from wisdom. I had removed myself from knowledge And I replaced it with just stuff. Oh, that seems fun. Oh, I can do this. It won't really affect me. Oh, I can walk down this road and there won't be, it won't be a problem. Sorry. The path is narrow, whether we like it or not. And I had that kind of vision a while back of a narrow path, windy, winding, winding up and down. And I was on the back of a horse and just like this. I didn't have to hold on. Because I was letting the power of the Holy Spirit just lead me. It didn't matter how difficult it looked As long as I didn't panic and get off, I was going to be fine. It can look hard. Things are going to be hard. There's going to be hard things that we have to go through. But if we get off our source, if we separate ourselves from the source, man, it just doesn't work. So we have to constantly be renewing our minds every day, moment by moment. No, I need you. No, I need you. What is it? And the distractions of this world are, they're real. And I'm not saying they're not. It's real. But, and I'm distracted. I'm not perfect in this. I am not blameless in this. I get distracted. I do. So this is not judgment. This is not condemnation, but once again, it's the challenge. What can I do in my life 
to stay, help stay in that relationship and help stay on track because it's better when I'm on track. Things are just better. Weird. What a surprise. Right? Weird. When I'm walking with God, things are just better. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> I still get off. What the heck? Right? What the heck? Why? Why? Because I'm still dying to some things here. I spent a lot of years building, filling myself with garbage, and sometimes some of that garbage takes a little longer to kick out than others. But man, kick it out. I'm telling you, kick it out. It's worth it. So, when we're walking outside of God, we make ourselves pray because we have an enemy. You know, he walks around like a roaring lion, but who has authority over him? We do. He's like a lion. We serve the lion of Judah, right? Like, there's, there's no comparison here. But intimidation, right? Sometimes that instant shock of things can really make you recoil and just, ah, right? What, what comes up? Pause, pause and just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Pause. Don't let that initial shock of an attack cause you to curl up, cause you to not step forward and fight. Military analogy. So in the Marine Corps, I was taught, because you're marching or you're, you're in formation, you're doing your things, and if you ever contacted the enemy, you turned and you went towards the enemy. That's what you did. We'd be walking, there'd be an ambush. Contact right, everybody turns right. And you just start going. That's what you did. It seems maybe not the wisest choice. But you find out really quickly how motivated your enemy is. You think, they think they have the advantage, but then all of a sudden, there's 20 guys turning and coming at you. Because you don't know who's there. It could just be a few guys. It could be one person just causing problems. But all of a sudden, oh, shoot, they're coming. I expected them to fall back. I expected them to you know, run away even. I, ex I didn't expect them to come at me. You figure out really quick how motivated they are, right? You figure out very quickly how motivated the enemy is when you turn to him and you just start preaching Christ. You start speaking authority. You start speaking power. You start speaking those things that are inside your spirit that the spirit has given you to say at the moment... You don't have to have everything planned. You don't have to sit there and rehearse these things, rehearse these things, just put them in your heart. And I guarantee when you need them, they're there. I guarantee it. But when that attack comes, do we shy away? Oh, I got to regroup and figure things out. Guess what, man? He's beating you all the way back. Turn and fight. Be the aggressor. Why do we let people just beat on us? 
Why would we just let the enemy beat on us? Why? Well, woe is me. Why? Do we not know what's in here? Do we not know the power and authority that's given us? That's why we have to believe this stuff. Otherwise, it's just a good story. Like, it's real. Like, this is real. This is more real than anything else you're going to experience. This is real. Spiritual things are real. So fight spiritual with spiritual. You're not going to do it in your own strength. No. But we, ha- I ha- we all have something or can have something that's far more powerful than I am. In myself, in my own strength. But do we believe it? Do I believe that when I speak a word, the enemy listens? And just fill in the blank there for whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever situation may pop up. We sing, there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. But do we believe there's power in the name of Jesus? Or is it just a name? Do I believe that when I speak, it matters? Or am I so defeated that it just doesn't matter what I say? Why fight? I got nothing. I had nothing. I didn't have much. But now I have a lot more. Right? It's just walking this out in relationship. If there's anything that God showed me, it's just relationship with him. And he desires it, and he wants it, and he wants you to walk this life out with him because that's the best way to walk this life out. It just truly is. Amen? So some homework. Let's see, what time is it? Ah, yeah, real quick. I'm sorry for those of you who don't know me. I don't care if I go long. It doesn't bother me one bit. So yeah, that's it. Colossians 1. Paul throughout the New Testament has these wonderful prayers that he prays over these people. And Colossians is one of them. I would encourage you to take these scriptures this week, read them, pray them over yourself, and pray them for others. Because there's just so much power here. Go down to verse 9. So it says, And so... Colossians 1, verse 9, And so from the days we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you 
to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Take those verses and search yourself in those verses. Speak it over yourself. Speak it over others. Because that's how we're going to get through this stuff. Unity in Christ is how we're going to get through this stuff. Unity with one another in this church is how we're going to move forward in this stuff. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you are so, so good. And because of Jesus, you have provided everything we need. Father, I just pray that you're giving us those revelations. Holy Spirit, you're revealing those things, the depths of God, to help us understand more. To help us understand how much you love us. To help us understand your grace and your mercy. To help us understand those promises that are available so we don't walk around powerless and just easy pray for the enemy. Father, I just thank you for the work that you're doing here and that it will go forth. It will make a positive impact in this, in each individual here and all the surrounding areas here, Father. Because you desire all, Father. Help us to be your instruments. Help us to be your vessels to reach them, Lord. And I just thank you for this week. I pray for safety over each and every one of us. And Lord, I just pray for opportunities to share your goodness and your love with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.